The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 41. So in this episode, I want to do an introduction to a series on the path to enlightenment. The path to enlightenment is something I have been meditating on quite a bit over the last nine months, and really the last year if you go back to late 2018. And what I have found is that enlightenment doesn't always look and sound the same depending on who's talking about it and what your personality might be in your search for it. So I want to kind of go through different personality types and and discussions around different tools available to to get yourself to enlightenment. And in this first episode, we're going to just intro what enlightenment even is and what personality profiles even are. And I hope you enjoy this series. It could be anywhere from 9 to 12 episodes, maybe a little more. Uh, But I'm excited, and let's get started and have some fun, huh? All right, guys. I... (laughs) I hope you are ready to take a journey because of all the journeys that I have taken in my life, this particular one has been the most challenging, the most rewarding, and and arguably the most enlightening. Oh, think about that. So uh, this series, The Path to Enlightenment, is one that I, uh, I've been mulling over for a while now. And uh, truth be told, I, I've kind of felt in my spirit back in late 2018 or, or mid to late 2018, about a year ago, that um, there was going to be one more massive spiritual shift in my life. And to give you context of what that meant to me, I want to back up just a little bit to, you know, back in 2006, I had an experience with the Holy Spirit that uh, I've now come to understand as being the experience of being born of water. When Jesus, in John chapter 3, is talking with Nicodemus, Nicodemus says, Master, we know you're a teacher. Tell me, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, well, how can this be? How can a man enter again into his mother's womb? Jesus ignores his question and then says, you must be born of water and of spirit to enter the kingdom of God. And so I've taught this for years, that this is a difference between seeing the kingdom of God and entering the kingdom of God. And about, you know, 2006, 2007, I experienced what I have now learned is the born of water experience. And the, and the simplicity of it is, is that the sin nature inside of me was crucified with Christ. It was buried, and I haven't seen it since. If you haven't listened to the bonus episode of my interview with The Reckless Pursuit, uh, it aired last week on Wednesday. There is, uh, my story is in there a little bit and towards the beginning, I think. So if you haven't heard my story and you're interested in what I'm talking about in more detail, uh, go check that episode out. But the long and short of it is, if you still think you're a sinner and you still think you struggle with sin and you still think there's this nature inside of you that is against God or anti-God, 
then you are not quite ready for this series of podcasts. And the reason being is, is that uh, a lot of talks about enlightenment or the path to enlightenment, um, you, if you're still struggling with yourself as being the source of the being the bad guy, then you're, there's some basic fundamental truths that you need to understand before you can underst- then before you can truly embrace the energy that you need to have in order to believe that you can be God, right? If you're anti-God, if you're other than God, then how on earth can you have the energy for becoming God in the flesh? So there's a lot more to that. This, ep- this series is not about the full spiritual journey. This series is about what I believe to be the last step. And so Jesus says you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. You must be born of water and of spirit to enter the kingdom of God. And then John in, in two chapters earlier talks about that we've been given right the right to be born of God, not of flesh or of blood, but be born of God. And born of God is what I would say is kind of the bracket statement over top of the three sub experiences, born again, born of water, born of spirit. That born of God is the overall uh, process. And that, and you can see this in the tabernacle or the temple where there's the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. There's three layers, right? You're a body, soul, and a spirit, but you're also just you. So born of God is the, is the you, it's the full I am. And then it's body, soul, spirit, or in in this case, it goes spirit, soul, body, born again, born of water, born of spirit. And so the, the overall process of spiritual growth is something that I do teach a lot of. There's a lot on the website. And I would encourage you, if, if what I'm saying about not being a sinner sounds foreign, hit me up. Hit me up with some questions. I can point you to some of the resources on this website. You know, Google, look at the tag on the website of born again, born of water, born of spirit, or the four, the born ofs. There's different tags that you can look at all the different teachings. But uh, the long and short of it is, this is not the overall path from being a, a scumbag person to being God in the flesh. This is kind of this last, this is a extended series on the last phase. This is where my story currently is at and the story of a lot of the people in my life. Um, again, if you feel like you're a sinner and you're struggling with that, that's okay, but go back and deal with that. And just realize that you don't have to stop listening to the podcast by all means, but there will be a lot of things energetically that you don't understand. You won't be able to step into because you have an energy about yourself that uh, keeps you separate and keeps the condemnation. And uh, I think we can all agree that getting away from that is a really good idea. So that's kind of the first thing. My story in the last year, and knowing that there was one more step, by and large, is the born of spirit, right? It's this and, and more than that, it is actually born of God is kind of the wrapping up of all of the lessons and all of the things that I have understood over the last 12 years and really the born again before that when I was just a normal Christian. So if I go back all the way to when I was 19, when I really, really gave my life to the Lord, you know, so I'm looking at almost 20 years of journey that feels like it's beginning its final stages. Ooh, I just thought of an analogy. It's kind of like a triathlon. You got the swimming, the running, and the biking. This is... This is Huh, this is the last leg. I don't know which one's last. I think the last one is running. But uh, so this is the last leg of a triathlon, the spiritual triathlon of life. And I'm just beginning it. And when I say just beginning, I've been living this for just under a year. But uh, 
I'm at least for me, understanding typically takes four or five years before I really feel like I'm living it tangibly. And I've hinted about it through a lot of these episodes about, you know, this season that's really rough and everything like that. But this is kind of me, if you will, coming out of the closet and uh, sharing my journey and sharing my heart. Uh, there will be at least one episode with a guest. Uh, when we get into some of the later episodes, I will have Grant Porteous. I may end up having a couple other guests over time. I'm not sure if it will be 12 episodes exactly. It might be, a, you know, give or take a couple. The point of the later episodes is to get into different tools that are available for becoming enlightened, if you will. But I digress. I want to start by defining what I mean by enlightenment. If you, could, if you do a Google search and you do a YouTube search, whatever, you'll kind of find that there's two main camps of what enlightenment means. Uh, one camp is that you have become bliss-filled and nothing can shake you. You're unshakable. You, you know, someone can kill you, beat you, maim you, do it to your friends or family, and that you're just so zenned out that nothing bothers you. And that doesn't, by the way, mean that you don't stop people murdering and you don't have, uh, I mean, I guess you could some people would argue that you don't get angry and everything, but like, I, I don't think that that's meant to be that you're a mindless robot who doesn't, you know, who just watch children get raped and just smiles. Like you, you stop evil and you understand action. Um, but the main idea being that it's about heaven on earth, that your internal sense of peace is unshakable. And then another group kind of teaches that and believes that it's about transcending the body. It's about transcending your identity. It's about emptying your mind of thought and going into the higher realms and other dimensions. You could even say that in the Christian world, you have the courts of heaven crowd that go into heaven. And you would, you could argue that uh, they fit into somewhat some of the camp about that version of enlightenment. Um, Transcendental meditation by Maharishi. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but, uh, you know, he, he taught the Beatles transcendental meditation. And once the Beatles learned it, it became super popular in the hippie world. And so there's, you know, that generation has brought transcendental meditation into their lives and into this culture. So there's schools and all sorts of stuff for that. I think enlightenment, I'm going to do my best to define it as both. I would say enlightenment in my search for it, is manifesting heaven on earth and being able to experience the fullness of your identity when you desire. So manifesting heaven on earth is that very zen, blissed out, nothing nothing scares you, nothing puts you into a fear response, nothing, you know, nothing makes you uh, experience those negative emotions. And if if experiences are negative in themselves your internal emotional state is not shaken, even though you may deal with it. Like um, I use, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about if, you know, if your vehicle's, if your vehicle's stuck in the mud, it doesn't mean you just leave your vehicle stuck in the mud. Yeah, you, you do what you need to do to get it out. But as you're getting it out of the mud, you're not experiencing the emotional turmoil and stress of being late or whatever. 
um, that a lot of people would get if there would be a vehicle that got stuck in the mud. So he's not saying don't move your vehicle. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying living heaven on earth is not about acknowledging that things need to be fixed, that we're in a world of pain, we're in a world of war and sickness and violence, and that those things need to be fixed. But they don't need to be fixed in the sense that we are typically used to. They need to be fixed inside of you. And, uh, you know, we'll get into in further episodes the different communicators who teach this stuff. But uh, I like Don Miguel Ruiz's, um, Don Miguel Ruiz is his definition of um, kind of what's wrong with the world today? Nothing. That the world is exactly as it needs to be and that hum- humans and humanity and the universe are heading in the exactly where they need to go. Nothing nothing can break, has broken, or will ever break the trajectory of God in the natural. And if you back out of that, you know, Christians believe, oh, everything is God, you know, it's God's will, it's God's will. And then we don't know what to do with stuff that doesn't look like God's will. And then we kind of like, well, God is loving, why would that happen? But at the same time, that's happening inside of reality, so there's got to be a measure of it being God's will because we think God is the control freak in the sky, and therefore, if he really loved us, he would stop bad things from happening without realizing that bad things uh, frame good things, that dark frames light, and that for you to learn, you actually need, you need resistance in life in order to grow, and we don't like the cyclical reality of the universe, and... <laughs> We like to fix the problems. I had a great conversation with a friend of mine a couple months ago um, who was trying to understand some of what I was saying. Um, and she asked, she said, uh, she said, to what end? She kept asking, to what end? And I kept trying to answer and kind of work through this answer and it just wasn't working. I said, all right, let's pause, pause, let's, let's stop. What would your life look like if you lived in heaven. What would you do when you wake up? She's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'd go kayaking. Okay, why? To what end? Well, because I enjoy it. Okay. So you go kayaking because you enjoy it. And then you would do something else, and you do something else. And let's, let's say that you woke up with the plan for the perfect day, the best day you've ever had. Okay. You're in heaven. So you go to sleep and you wake up the next day. Now what do you do? Well, I would have another good day. Why? To what end? And you realize that the heaven we've all wanted, the heaven we've all been searching for, carries a vibration and a mindset that we're not even remotely prepared to enter into. Because we want heaven on earth. But we thrive and survive on problem solving. You go to work so that you can solve a problem in the world for your job and in your, in your own household for income. You, go, you, you experience growth to solve problems in yourself. Right? Spiritual growth by default requires spiritual weakness. If you were perfect in every way spiritually, you wouldn't need to grow. And I know for myself, the idea of spiritual growth is so beautiful that I have a long, I have, I have a long way to shifting my energy 
to the truth that I am already perfect and that there is no need for growth. And which, of course, is one of the ultimate statements of the enlightened one, that uh, you don't need to get somewhere that you already are. And as long as you're trying to get there, you will never arrive. Because to what end really means what problem am I solving? Why would I do that? And if the answer is to enjoy being, to enjoy yourself, to enjoy life, then we realize we're not actually wired or ready to do that. And yet that's the very thing that happens if you stop viewing the world as a source of problems and you actually adopt the viewpoint that everything in the world is perfect as it is. And people go, oh, come on, Austin. That's Come on, Don Miguel Ruiz. That's, that's crazy talk. Perf- the world is not perfect. There's war. People are dying. Kids are being kidnapped and sex, you know, becoming sex slaves. All of these things. We need to fix the world. Uh-huh. And you will always have those problems in front of you as long as you live in an energy that needs problems to survive. If you think about it, you need problems in order to feel alive. You need problems in order to move forward. In order to get out of bed, there's a problem you're solving. And I believe the ultimate goal and the ultimate end of the human experience is that we live in a world without problems. But if we're going to do that, we have to shift why we exist. And why we exist is to enjoy living. Why we exist is to enjoy being. And if you can't enjoy all things, then you're stuck in the paradigm of the knowledge of good and evil. You're stuck in the paradigm of problem solving. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the other name for the tree is the tree of death. And so you're stuck in the death cycle. You're stuck in the darkness cycle. And we're after the tree of life. And that should be a hint to you that the whole reason for living is to live. The whole reason for living is to enjoy and experience being as God in the flesh, an individual center of God's consciousness through which God gets to experience living and being. I digress because I know I've talked a lot about this before and I will talk about it more. But I really, I believe that a huge chunk of this understanding is understanding that life is already perfect as it is. That may challenge the hell out of you, but I'm, I would then challenge you At what point are you willing to let go of the paradigm that life is broken? At what point are you, at what what point is it safe to say, okay, now everything's fine, right? And that's what we are looking, we're looking for this king to come fix everything. And yet I believe the truth of the matter is the kingdom of heaven is within you, not outside of you. And so if you stop waiting for a third party named Jesus to come back and fix the world that we've broken, and you start living in a state of everything already being fixed, I guarantee you your life will begin to reflect the beauty of that energy. So, heaven on earth to me is the first half of it, and the other half is you are a body, soul, and spirit. You are an entity that should be able to engage with other dimensions. We know there are angels. We know there are spirits. We know there are uh 
you can people who can see energy you things like prophecy or telekinesis or trans relocation these engagements with spiritual skills and spiritual muscles um, I think some of them are just physical skills they would just think they're spiritual because they're magic because we don't understand them yet but the the idea that you are a f- a perfect tuning fork for multiple dimensions and yet we're so often stuck in this one and that's the other side of enlightenment that you would be able to step into these other dimensions that you would be able to step into the spirit step into heaven step into the realm of light and be able to see other spectrums to be able to trans relocate and so on and so forth to become a being of light and engage with the world in a different higher vibration of consciousness that is the other version of enlightenment that I think is also valid. And so to me, the full journey of enlightenment is both. I think there's a lot of people who think meditation and transcendence is enlightenment, and yet they still live their life as problem solvers. And then I think there are people who are stepping back from the paradigm that life is about solving problems, and they're finding joy in all things, but they haven't taken the time to exercise their spiritual muscles to be able to trans-relocate or go to heaven. And so I think this is both, and that to me is what I am in search of. The state of heaven on earth and the ability to manifest and fully tap into what my spirit, my soul, and my body are capable of. And if you didn't catch it, that's exactly what Jesus looked like. The guy could trans-relocate and walk on water, as well as live heaven on earth. He was able to forgive those who persecuted him, and yet at the same time, he was able to clear out the money changers in the temple because of the the truth of that energy, that vibration. And so, I want to look like Jesus. That has been the simplicity of what I've always wanted, and this is, to me, the final season. I'm not going to say the final step because it implies like I'm done, and it implies that it takes a couple days, maybe. No, this takes, once you step into that last leg of the triathlon, oh man, I love that analogy. Once you step into that last bit of the triathlon, like if I start jogging and it's the end, I still have to jog the whole thing. Just because I started jogging for a couple minutes doesn't mean I win. Like I need to finish that part of the race. And so I'm just beginning this enlightenment section. And for me, it takes about five years. Uh, By and large, each step has taken roughly four to six years to fully integrated into my life to become subconsciously normal to where now I look at people who talk about being sinners and I literally forget that that's a thing. Like I literally, when I hear people talk about the rapture or <laughs> um, the end times or sin, like I, I kind of have to shake my head like, oh my gosh, that was a whole nother lifetime ago. And so there will be a day when I look at people who get caught up in problem solving and live in hell on earth, and I will forget that that's a thing for people. And there will be a day where I forget that some people can't trans-relocate or walk on water because it will become normal for my life and for the lives of those around me. So if that's where you would like to head, those two sides of the coin, the heaven on earth and fully exercising your identity as a whole, then follow me and let's go get enlightened. (laughs) And again, if you're still struggling with some of your own identity stuff, just press pause and go back and listen to some of the other stuff. It's not hard. It's not, it's not this massively challenging thing to understand that you're not a sinner. It does take a while to energetically flow in that, but, uh, you know, keep filling your brain and let, and let the, uh, 
and let the knowledge permeate and become wisdom through time. So this series, I want to kind of lay out, uh, the reason I'm going to do it this way is I could just do an episode on enlightenment. But one of the things that I've also studied over the years is different personalities. Specifically, my favorite to this point, uh, if you're not familiar with like personality profiling, there's things like Personality Plus or the Myers-Briggs uh, testing. There's variations on Myers-Briggs. There's, uh, you know, Lemon Leadership, the epic podcast that I'm on. We did a, an episode on Lemon Leadership. We're actually going to do a series on personality profiling um, and skills assessments, such as, uh, oh man, Strength Finders or, you know, different uh, testing like that. But my favorite is the DISC personality profile. And I think it's my favorite because Danny Silk does a teaching on it called Know Yourself, Know Your Team. Go to his website, check it out. Um, I would have it on our site, but it is copyrighted. Uh, it's such a great teaching. It's, it's, if we ever do an event or a retreat, um, you know, New Age Christian retreat event type thing, I will bring my copy of that and we will watch it because Danny Silk does an amazing job going over the different personalities. And the overall takeaway is, is you can hear a teaching on per different personality profiles and, you, and it's hilarious because we all know people who act certain ways and there's only so many ways that all humans on earth act. And so the premise with DISC personality profile is that there are four main personality types that the, the acronym for it is DISC. So D stands for dominant I stands for influencer, S stands for steadfast, and C stands for conscientious. So DISC, D-I-S-C. And then you typically have a dominant and then a, a secondary. And then based on your profile, there are 16 overall mixes that a lot of the DISC testing uh, sites will break things down into. That there's basically 16 variations of the order in which these different personality uh, traits show up in you. I'm not going to do 16 episodes for all the individual, but I did start to realize on this path to enlightenment that there are different tools that work better for different personalities. And so the first four episodes, I'm going to actually zoom in on these different major personality tr types and I'm going to share with you the tools that I believe are the best for that personality type. So I'm going to describe the personality type and kind of unpack a little bit, uh, especially for those who have never, you don't know, if you, maybe you don't know if you're a dominant or a, a steadfast. Maybe you don't know what your, your traits are, what your mix is. Um, so I'm going to kind of do an overview on that. And then I'm going to dive into the tool, the specific tool, there's specific, actually it's not even the right word, the framework for enlightenment that I believe you would enjoy, that personality type would enjoy the best. The reason for this is, one, I am a C, so I'm a conscientious, which means I love data. I love information, and I love to know a lot of stuff. And therefore, it's no secret, it's no wonder that, that spirit would show me the path to enlightenment in a fully rounded way to see how all different personalities could go to enlightenment. It's just my DNA. It is for me to know, there, there's a couple methods that I'm not a huge fan of, but I can see and I know people who really need them. And then there's other methods I love and it bores the hell out of people. 
um, or they just it just goes right over their head or whatever. Like, so there are different types of people in this world. Surprise! And we're all looking for enlightenment. And we go listen to somebody like you know, if you're a dominant, and you're listening to Eckhart Tolle, he will bore you to tears, right? Eckhart Tolle is not a dominant. I'm sorry, you know, I love him to death, but he is he is as steadfast and conscientious as they come. Um, and it, and then if you're a dominant, if you're a steadfast, and you go listen to somebody like Brad Blanton about radical honesty, uh, that that's that's gonna piss you off because you're gonna think that it's uncaring and it's and it's it's going to grate against your definition of enlightenment so strongly that even when you hear the episode, if you're steadfast and I tell you about Brad Blanton and some of the things, it's go, it's going to make your skin crawl, right? But here's the thing. You know people who need the different tools. And so my hope is, is that you can also, so this is my DNA of understanding all the available tools. And so if you're trying to find enlightenment and your spouse is trying to find enlightenment and you find this tool that you freaking love and your spouse can't stand it, don't think, don't accuse your spouse of not wanting to grow spiritually. Just find the tool that works for them. And hopefully the ones I give you, the the frameworks I give you uh, will be helpful. So the first four episodes are going to be going through the DISC personality profiles and giving a framework for how to define enlightenment, what kind of shifts you might need to take, and essentially a, a specific enlightenment description and discussion for your that personality type. That's going to be the first four episodes. And then I'm going to go into a set of tools that regardless of your personality, there are tools you will need to change yourself. An example of this would be like Culture of Honor by Danny Silk or, and, who, and also Keep Your Love On. That, that concept of as you begin to view the world as already being perfect, there is a reality to the fact that what do you do with people who are assholes? What do you do with people who are evil? What do you do with people who disagree with you? And so a culture of honor is this tool that kind of then sinks into this path that drills down on that one particular energy that you're struggling with. Um, Another one would be like The Power of Decision by uh, Raymond Charles Barker. We're going to do an episode. That's going to be the episode with Grant Porteous. That's absolutely a tool that regardless of your personality type, you need to know how to make decisions. You need to to know the power of decision and not let life happen to you. Because if enlightenment is anything, it's, it's above and above everything. It's a pursuit of happiness. And if you don't know what, where happiness is and how to pursue it, it, there's, there's no way to make decisions that will intentionally move you towards it. So there, I'm not going to give you all the tools. I'm not going to give you all the examples of the frameworks, but the first four episodes will be the frameworks for the different personalities. And then the last four to six, maybe seven, I don't know. The last handful of episodes, I will be zooming in on specific tools that you can use to address specific problems with your journey. Some of the tools you'll be like, I don't need that. I don't, that's not a problem for me. Awesome. And that's where you also start to see, and I'll mention out, you know, that uh, again, there, one of the tools is rather, is, is the power decision, which is a very uh, bold kind of thing. 
And maybe if you're a steadfast or you're an I, maybe that's just boring for you. Uh, you know, that's fine. Not all the tools will resonate with you and certainly not all the frameworks will resonate with you. But this is for a broader audience and this is something that I think is worth building a community around. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the personality profiling concept, there's a lot of them. Again, the Epic is going to be doing some episodes on that. I'll throw these in as bo- I'll throw those in as bonus episodes in the in the podcast feed as we do them. If you've never studied personality profiles or skills assessments, I highly suggest looking to them. DISC is my favorite. DISC largely focuses on your personality at work, but I've also found that the the tools available around the internet and stuff are a little bit uh, more user-friendly around the DISC personality stuff. That's why I tend to use it. Um, but Myers-Briggs is great. Personality Plus is great. Uh, Strength Finders, so on and so forth. They all have their pluses and minuses. Um, I've done any one I could ever find because I, I value the information I get from them so much. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to chase down enlightenment through the different personality types over the next four weeks and then I'm going to give you what I can as far as tools for you know just drilling down into the nitty-gritty of problem solving and uh, who knows maybe at the end of it we'll all be meeting in the sky in the spirit (laughs) Um, so the last thing I want to do to kind of wrap up this introductory episode is I want to do what I can to remove condemnation from the idea of spiritual growth. And what I mean is, I, I had a, a discussion with a, with a good friend of mine not too long ago, and uh, the, this, the topic of the discussion is, is not the point of this statement. It is, he showed me that when we understand and believe what we're capable of, right? So I know I can walk on water, I know I can transrelocate, but I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. When we kind of hold ourselves to what we know is possible, there's it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you can know that enlightenment is possible, right? In, in theory, enlightenment is possible for all of us. But by a show of hands on this audio program, how many of you are already enlightened? <laughs> you know... That, is, that alone is uh, kind of an oxymoron because if you need to sell people you're enlightened, you're probably not. But anyway, I digress. The path to enlightenment and knowing that you can be enlightened, there, there's only one way to fill the gap between where you're at and where you know you can be. Let me rephrase it. There's one of two ways to fill the gap between where you're at and where you know you can be. One is, is that you can fill it with the energy of growth and forward movement and positive uh, trajectory, right? I know I can get there. I can see the mountaintop and I'm going to climb. And the, the space between me and the top of the mountain, I don't view it in any way other than a challenge and in something I'm excited to tackle and excited to climb. The other version is, is that you can see where you're at and where you want to be and you can fill in that space with condemnation. That you're not good enough. You know you could be enlightened, but you're not enlightened and therefore you're, you're a loser. And this conversation with a friend was basically like, we do that to each other all the time. We try to encourage, I know you're better than this and everything. And in the church world, you know, I've kind of been taught that you, 
you speak to what the truth is, not what is true. So it is true that somebody messed up, but the truth is that they're righteous. It is true that somebody sinned, but the truth is that they're perfect. It is true that somebody died, but the truth is they're immortal. You know, and so you speak to the tr- you you speak to the truth, not to what is true. And the truth is eternal. The truth is this big thing. Well, that's beautiful, if it's being framed in the right light and it's being received as that encouraging. Um, I got this. I am stronger than this. I am. I am great and perfect and all this stuff if it's being held in that energy then beautiful speak the truth but a lot of people hold it in an energy that says i know i should be better but i'm just not i know i should be stronger but i'm just not good enough and that energy that fills the gap between where they're at and where they should be is negative and it's uh it's in it's downtroddening and it's and it uh, obviously does not help. And so I want to challenge you as you as you go through this to check your own energy and check the energy that you're imparting to others, by the way. That if you're, you know, a teacher like myself and you've got students or you've got friends and you're like, oh, you're so much better than this. You know, you, you might be years into a relationship and realize that all you've really done is feed them condemnation. You've constantly reminded them that they're not good enough. And so one of the things that, and, and the only real way to just completely chop this thing at the knees is to acknowledge where you're at and ignore the gap between where you're at and where you want to be and see if you can love you for you. See if you can love that friend that you've been saying, oh, I know you're better than this. Okay, they could be better than that, but they're not, right? They could be stronger than that, but they're not. They could be, you know, not as much of a jerk, but they are. Whatever it is, whatever wherever your friend is at, remove that gap between where they're at and where you know they could be and ask yourself if you can still love them the way they really are. And can you love yourself the way you really are? Because so often that gap gets filled with condemnation. That gap gets filled with feeling less than, with feeling not good enough. And it's a constant reminder that you're not to the top of the mountain yet. So you must be a terrible mountain climber. I personally look back and I go, holy crap, I'm, I'm two-thirds up the mountain of a world population filled with 99% of the world who are still at the base of the mountain. They haven't started climbing. And I'm two-thirds of the way up. Sure, there are people at the top of the mountain that I can, see, I'm, I can actually see them now. I'm not there yet. I can't hear them yelling at me and waving. I can see them waving their arms. I can see them resting and I can see that they found this place that I want to get to. And so I don't look, I'm not two thirds up the mountain. I'm not done with the swimming and the biking leg of the triathlon, looking at the fact that I still haven't run and thinking I'm a loser. I'm acknowledging the fact that I'm done swimming and I'm done biking. I'm, I'm already two thirds up the mountain where most people haven't even started. And so it's this thing that I cannot tell you the right way or the wrong way to encourage yourself or to encourage somebody else. I cannot tell you the right way or the wrong way to assess where somebody's really at and how to hold it. It is just a nuanced reality. And it could be day by day for you. One day you see that gap as an encouragement and wow, I've come two thirds of the way. And another day you see that gap as wow, what a loser I am. I don't know. But I'm, I want to point out to you that as we begin on this journey of enlightenment, that you become very aware of your energy about journey. 
become very aware of your energy about working on yourself. Um, this is actually very real for in, in my life right now. Um, something that uh, I know quite a few people are kind of at this point where it's just like, you know what? I've worked on myself a shit ton and I need a break. And I need to I need to understand what it is to just love me for me. And yeah, I know I've got more I want to do. I want to grow and I want to keep pushing forward, but I'm exhausted. And so can I stop moving and love me? Can I stop moving and be at peace with how far I've come? So that that insight has kind of rocked my world on how to truly love people and to truly love myself. Because I see the gap between humanity and manifested divinity. And I want to encourage people to, to close that gap. But by default, I'm essentially... Uh, I'm essentially acknowledging that they're not good enough or they're not, I'm not there yet. I'm not God yet. And in some ways, enlightenment is realizing there is no journey that needs to be taken, right? That, that you're already there. So hopefully that will become more clear to you as we dig into these different subjects. Um, I will, each one of these episodes will at least the first four frameworks will have a book associated with it. And I think probably all of the episodes will have books associated with it. I am an avid reader um, and studier of concepts. So um, be ready to go go through some books. If you are the type of person who wants to, you know, dive deep and not just listen to 45 minute episodes, but you want to understand it for yourself, I will have links to all of the books. Um, I will probably link all of the books even in this intro, and you can go buy them off of the uh, the New Age Christianity store uh, through Amazon. Um, that would be awesome. We would highly, I would highly appreciate if you were to purchase these books. That you would do it through our website, and um, it takes you to Amazon to finish everything. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of information coming your guys' way. Hopefully, a lot of inspiration. I am excited to unpack what it is that the spirit has been showing me for the last handful of months and i'm excited to share it with you guys so uh as always if you consider donating we'd highly appreciate it the uh donations are doing pretty good but we could definitely use a little bit more to make sure that uh, we can be more consistent with these episodes and other tools and resources coming out so if you haven't asked spirit in a while i just uh ask you to ask again And we always appreciate you just taking that time with Spirit to ask whether or not you should donate. Share, like, you know, follow us on Facebook, like the the page on Facebook, join the private community if you haven't. The new website will be launching this, at least the front page will be launching this week. So you should go to newagechristianity.org and you should be able to click on the Facebook banner kind of halfway down the page and it should take you right to the group, the private group. Um, Yeah. Look forward to continuing this journey with you guys. And uh, there might be some other episodes interspersed throughout this series. I might do an episode on Halloween or whatever. But uh, by and large, this this subject matter will be what consumes this podcast feed uh, for the next few months. So hope you're ready to be enlightened. <laughs> and uh, God bless you guys. I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>